There is a cost to any new chapter, even if the one preceding it was crappy. Grace yourself with the time to grieve the person you were in order to empower the person you become. That was a tweet that I posted a couple days ago. And this is the Korean Vegan Podcast, where we talk about how to live a more purposeful and empowered life. Welcome back, everyone. This is Joanne Molinaro, the host of the Korean Vegan Podcast. So the other day, I had a conversation with my friend, Joy. She's the owner of one of my favorite restaurants here in Westlake Village, and she was talking about the cost associated, and I'm not talking about just financial costs, but all the costs associated with making a really big life change. So I tweeted there is a cost to any new chapter, even if the one preceding it was crappy. Grace yourself with the time to grieve the person you were in order to empower the person you become. Now, I tweeted that actually a couple of days before I'd had that conversation with Joy. And the reason I did is because I had a bad dream, one that I've had hundreds of times since 2013. I dreamt that I was still married to my ex-husband, and although I couldn't remember my current life in my dream, Anthony, Rudy, the Korean vegan, I could sense their absence as clearly as a fork stabbing my stomach. I woke up, relief at the sight of a still sleeping Anthony cascading down my body, and I asked myself again, when will these dreams stop? My therapist has suggested to me on more than one occasion to talk about my first marriage, and I always refuse. I'm fine. We don't need to talk about that. I'm fine. Let's talk about X instead. My repeated use of the phrase, I'm fine, is a dead ringer for I'm not fine, <laughs> and she knows this, but she's a good therapist, and therefore she doesn't push me, sensing that I'm not ready to talk about it. Now, when I think about these dreams and what they mean, I'm always reminded of that scene in Genesis where Jacob, after running from his family, is forced to wrestle with an angel in the desert. After fighting this angel for the length of an entire night, he incurs permanent hip damage. In the end, Jacob concludes that the angel was, in fact, God. Now, I'm not exactly a religious person, but there's a part of me that knows that if I really want to get rid of these dreams, I need to wrestle with God. No, I don't mean what my mom wants this to mean, that I'm going to sit down and memorize Bible verses. It just means that I have to wrestle with unresolved emotions from my past. I have to learn to forgive and mourn the woman I was. I have to take responsibility for the choices I made as that woman and learn to walk with the consequences of those choices, just as Jacob learned to walk with a limp for the rest of his life. We can allow ourselves to be saddled with the past, or we can use what we've learned from it to strengthen us. Right now, it seems I'm still allowing bits of my past to weigh me down. There are a lot of reasons for that. Sometimes even a crappy past can be comforting and soothing because it's something we know. The weight of manacles around my ankles can be restricting and painful, but still familiar. Also, 
I didn't always have the tools to unburden myself. I depleted all my strength and courage simply to leave. I didn't have much left to deal with the aftermath. However, with the support of an extraordinary family, I have refilled those reserves, put a ton of coin in my emotional bank, and perhaps now I can draw down on the courage necessary to wrestle with God. Ask yourself this week, is there something from your past that might be weighing you down? Do you have the strength to unsaddle yourself? If not, don't judge yourself for needing a little more time. It's okay to mourn the loss of even the ugliest chapters in your life before finding the courage to start the next one. So every week I invite people to submit questions uh, about veganism, about starting a plant-based diet, about love, about life. And this week, Michaela has asked, hi, Joanne, what if I liked someone and they liked me back and we don't like each other anymore, but I miss when I was with him? So Michaela, I love this question because no matter your age, gender, or creed, You've either been through or will go through this situation. So thank you for submitting this. When you are no longer in a relationship with someone by choice or otherwise, even if you don't miss that person, you may still miss the relationship. Or put another way, you may miss the person you were when you were with them. Perhaps your ex was able to bring out the funny, carefree Michaela who rarely makes an appearance for anyone else. Perhaps your ex could make you feel comfortable and safe in a way that no one else could. Or maybe your ex inspired you to take risks, challenged you to step out of your comfort zone in a manner that was at once frightening and exhilarating. In some, even if your ex sort of sucked, I'm not saying that he did, or was in other ways not the one, there was enough value in him to make him worth your time for a little while. Ask yourself, what are those things? What did you value in him? More specifically, what did he bring out in you that no one else could? Or not very well, at least. I like to write these things down. I find that my thoughts are more organized when I can see them on paper. For example, while my own ex is not someone I want to see anytime soon, as we just discussed, here are the things he brought out in me that I do miss. I could be goofy, basic, even gross around him, and I knew it wouldn't change the way he viewed me. I loved playing video games with him. It was something we bonded over for hours and hours. We both loved dogs so much, and I loved knowing that he would never judge me for how much I did for our dogs. When I write these things down, I can see that at least one of these things is no longer valuable to me, e.g. playing video games. However, Shortly after my separation from my ex, I spent a lot of time playing video games with my brother and cousins. The other two are still important to me, and I've made efforts to find other people in my life who allow these parts of me to thrive. My family, like my brother, his wife, and my cousins, they let me be unapologetically me. And during the first few months after my breakup, I leaned on them heavily. In fact, I asked my brother and his wife to move in with me, and it was the best decision I made. The third thing, loving dogs, I found in my current partner, Anthony. 
While Anthony doesn't have the history of loving animals that I do, he is now a doting parent to our dog, Rudy, and it is hard to describe how much closer we are as a couple because of it. In some, Michaela, it's totally understandable that you miss the way you felt, the person you were when you were with him. Take inventory of what it was specifically that made you value that time with him, because the good news is this, that person, the one you were when you were with him, a part of her still resides within you. It's just a matter of finding the right combination of people, intention, and motivation to unlock her until it's time to grow into the next version of Michaela, one who is stronger, wiser, and more confident than you realized you could be. So we have a couple of announcements. First of all, I am doing a live cooking demonstration. It's going to be for free. Yes, I usually save these for members of the TKV meal planner community, but we're going to celebrate our move into my very new kitchen here in California by opening this up to every single person who wants to join. We'll be making my gochujang mushroom pasta, which was such a hit with my family. I really want to share this with all of you. I will include a link to the live demonstration again scheduled for May 25th, 7.30 p.m. Eastern in the show notes below. I'm also doing a live book signing in Boston, Massachusetts in case you missed it. And I learned today that it's also available for virtual participants. So make sure to either purchase a ticket for the live book signing in Boston or sign up for the virtual event because I'm doing a cooking demonstration for this one as well. We're actually going to be demonstrating two recipes from the cookbook. Those of you who are in Boston and able to show up in person, not only will you get a signature on your copy of the cookbook, you'll also get to try the food that we're making for the cooking demonstration. Other short announcements, wanted to make sure you caught the interview I did with ABC News Live. I will include a link in the show notes below. Also, I did a fabulous, empowering, amazing campaign with Somersault, which is a swimsuit brand. Again, I'll include a link to that in the show notes below. And finally, super stoked and really sort of surprised and amazed, the Korean Vegan Cookbook has been nominated for a James Beard Award. So, I mean, if you don't know me, then you may not know that I am like totally obsessed with Top Chef. I have watched every single season multiple times. It is one of my favorite shows of all time on television. And every time they talk about James Beard on that show, which is often because so many of their contestants are, you know, so many of the candidates are James Beard nominated chefs, I always get so excited. So to find out that my little debut cookbook has been nominated for a James Beard Award is truly like mind boggling <laughs> to me. Y'all, I, I'm a lawyer. <laughs> I am a lawyer slash nerd. I never thought in a million years that my cookbook would be a James Beard nominated book. So I'm very, very excited. And if you're listening and you haven't picked up a copy of the book, my goodness, what are you doing? What are you waiting for? Make sure you get your hands on one ASAP. Parting thoughts. 
We've just moved into our new home here in California. The house is still full of boxes. Snarled cables litter the floor like tumbleweeds, and I only just cooked my very first meal here this morning, tinjang spinach kuk, which was so good. For the first few days, my parents were here. Amma organized anything I would let her, and my father helped me build a swinging egg chair for our backyard, which he loves, by the way. They were supposed to stay through the month, but in-law obligations required them to make a trip back home to Chicago. The sight of my father packing his suitcase filled me with a melancholy I can hardly describe, one that I've never felt in my entire life. As I've talked about many times before, my father and I didn't always have the kind of relationship we do now. In fact, I'd say that most of my childhood and well into adulthood, I did my best to avoid my dad. But here we are. I'm 43 years old, just moved into my new home, and I miss my dad so much. And I wish more than anything that he were here with me. I love that for myself, but more, I love that for him. My mom is literally on her way back here. I just got a text from her saying that she's on her way back and she's going to stay the rest of the month as planned. And I am looking forward to her arriving on my doorstep more than anything else this week. May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And as a result, I've been doing a lot of interviews on what that means to me. This morning, someone asked me, what is your favorite thing about being Asian American? And I answered as honestly as I could. My mom and dad. Life is short. Cherish the ones you love. See them for who they are. And make them know that they are seen. Finally, I will leave you with this absolutely adorable text message I just got from my dad. Hi, Joanne. Your mom left as scheduled. I ask you to pay attention for her not to lift heavy stuffs because she has a back pain. Thanks. May your days always be happy and bright with Ludi and Anthony. And that's a wrap, everyone. I know this one was a short one. If you enjoyed this week's episode of the Korean Vegan Podcast, make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening, whether it's Apple, whether it's Spotify, whether it's Amazon, and also make sure to leave a comment or a rating below. Thanks so much and have a great rest of your week.